chapter 16, and I'm going to bring a word today, I'm calling this a guiding word to the directionless Christian. How many of you need the guidance of God today? How many of you need it more than you've ever needed it before? All right, let's stand to read just four verses out of Acts 16, and then you can be seated the rest of the time. You say, well, they stand a lot in that church. Well, you stay in good shape in this church. All right, Acts 16, verse 6. Now, here we're just jumping into the middle of a little um, um, narrative on the disciples traveling, preaching the gospel. And we're going to jump into something that's very interesting. It says, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, look what it says, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. How interesting. They thought they were supposed to go there, but they were wrong. Now, verse 7, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them there either. Now, can you imagine they're feeling a little bit frustrated now? So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And finally, verse 9, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so, two hits, two misses, and finally a hit. It was almost three strikes, it was two. But in three attempts, they succeeded in one of them. Finally, they got the correct guidance of God. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you're a guiding God. You're a God of direction. You're a God of purpose. You're a God who speaks to your people and guides your people and leads your people. And Lord, if ever in our lives we needed your guidance, it is now. We need to hear the word of the Lord saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. We need to hear the word of the Lord saying, this is my word to you. We need to know that our feet are being guided by God, that we're going in the direction God is leading us. We are not to be directionless Christians, but we are to be a guided and a led people, led by the Holy Spirit, led by providence, led by the sovereignty of God. So Lord, I pray, give light today that we will walk in the purposes and the direction and the guidance of God for our lives in every matter, small and great. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, turn to your neighbor and tell him, I believe you're going to be guided. Now, just let me give you a little bit of background. Paul and his team are on their second missionary journey. They were anointed, sent out by the Holy Spirit, and they're being used by God to reach the whole known world for Jesus Christ. They are about God's business. They are the apostles of God. Paul gave us two-thirds of the New Testament. This is not just nobody we're reading about. This is Paul the Apostle. They're on their second journey. They're preaching the gospel. They're thinking in verses 6 and 7, we find them sincerely believing they're to go in a certain place, but they sincerely miss God where they believed they should go and minister. Their hearts were right, their motives were right, their intent was right, they wanted to minister the gospel. They weren't doing anything evil. They weren't walking in the flesh. They were sincere. But watch this, they sincerely missed God. Now how many of you in all honesty can say, there have been a few times since I've been saved that I miss God? 
I thought something was God and it wasn't. I thought it was his leadership and it was not. And I, and I got to be honest with you, I missed him. It says they went into Asia ready to minister, eager to win souls. They wanted to see people get saved. And right when they were ready to begin, interestingly, the Holy Spirit forbade them, stopped them, checked them, said, don't preach the gospel here. So that goes to show you, even in ministering Jesus, we need to be led. We need to be led by the Spirit. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Now, how could that be? They felt so right, but in feeling right about it, they were wrong. How could they have missed God? It shows me the best of us can miss God. The best of us can. Now, this message is not to make you insecure about the guidance of God. In a minute, you're going to see that we can be very secure in the guidance of God, even if we miss Him and keep our hearts right. Then they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, went down to Bithynia, and the Bible says again, the Spirit did not permit them to minister the gospel. Two strikes, one more, and they're out. They did not know what to do. What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you've tried your best and you've missed God? They don't know what to do. Finally, Paul goes to sleep. And in his sleep, God speaks to him in a dream. And in the dream, he was led to go to Macedonia. And out of this trip, when he went down to Macedonia, that's where the Philippian church was birthed out of. He went to Macedonia, preached the gospel in Philippi, and there the Philippian church was born. And so they kept their hearts right, and even though they sincerely missed God, God saw to it, they ended up in the right place. I want you to say with me, if I keep my heart right, God will get me to the right place, even though I miss Him. Amen? Say with me, keep your heart right. That's one of the keys to guidance. You've got to want to be guided, and you've got to keep your heart and your life right with God, and God will guide you. Now, first of all, let me say that God definitely guides His people. How many of you believe that we serve a God who guides His people? He speaks to His people, gives direction to His people. Now, if I didn't believe that, I don't know what I would do today. I'm leaning on God, seeking the guidance of God. I believe that our God is a guiding God. He guides His people. He orders the steps of His people. Listen to what the Word of God says. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, as Kathy just shared, even when nothing makes sense, even when you don't understand what He's doing. You've got to trust Him with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Now, the word direct there means to make straight and to make right. God will straighten out the path of His devoted, trusting servants. When it says He'll direct, it means He's going to make your path straight. Now the word ways. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all your ways. means in every road, at every course, at every mode of action, it suggests at every opportunity, at the fork in every road, and they come all the time, at the fork in every road, acknowledge God. When you've got a choice to make, acknowledge God. When it's about school, acknowledge God. When it's about something little, acknowledge God. When it's about something great, acknowledge God. This is all about lordship, y'all. If He is Lord of all in our lives, then He is also the one who guides us in every decision we make. I think if you're headed to school somewhere, you ought to pray about where. I think if you're headed to school, you ought to pray about how 
what you're going to major in and how long you're going to be there. See, God cares about the minutia of your life, the small things, the great things. And he says, when you're faced with options, acknowledge God. Just say, I worship you, Lord. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I do believe that you guide the hearts of your people. I believe you speak to them. And Lord, I don't want to be presumptuous. I don't want to walk in presumptuous sin. I don't want to go off into some direction you haven't led me in because I believe that every step I take matters to you. Every place I go matters to you. Everybody I run with matters to you. Everything I do with my life matters to you because you hold my life in the hollow of your hand. I'm bought with a price. I'm purchased by the blood. I'm not my own. And so you want to guide me in the way that I'm to go. So you acknowledge him. And, and, and to me, that just says, okay, Lord, I've got a choice. What do you want me to do? And then you wait on God. And the Bible says, in all your ways, at every option, acknowledge him and God will direct your path. So you daily acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus over your life. Every day you say, Lord, today my life is not my own. You guide my steps. You lead my way. You show me what I'm to do. And God will guide you. Now there are several different kinds of guidance, two in particular. And I'm going to just talk about them for a moment. There is sovereign guidance and there is direct guidance. Can you say with me sovereign? We call it sometimes providential or the, the providence of God when God guides you sovereignly. And then there are times God speaks directly to you and says, this is what I want you to do. Those two kinds of guidance are in the life of every believer. Now here's a couple of verses that have to do with the providence of God or the sovereign guidance of God. And that is the guidance that takes place, folks, when you've given your life to Jesus Christ and He is yours and you are His and you're walking with Him and you're keeping your heart right. Do you know the Bible says that every single day of your life God is ordering your steps when you don't even know it. Can I tell you that we've got a God who stands in all of history. As a matter of fact, history is His story. God is the sovereign God over all the universe, over all of history. And when you become His, God begins to order your steps, order circumstances, orders uh, divine encounters. God begins to work in your life behind the scenes in ways that you do not know he is providential. He is sovereign. You meet people and you think you just met him, but God set it up. You go somewhere and you think it was just sort of, hey, let me tell you something. There's no chance. There, there's, no, there, there's no chance in the life of a child of God. Everything is ordered by God. God orders your steps if you're keeping your life right with Him. Listen to what the Bible says. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and He delights in His way. You hear that? The steps of a good person are ordered by God. The idea behind that verse is you don't know you're being guided, but God is guiding your life, guiding the circumstances, setting you up for a blessing, setting you up for His purposes and His will to come to pass. He's working in your life in the everyday, mundane, same old, same old things that bore you sometimes. Listen, you'll find God in the details. God is in the details. He is in everything taking place in your life. He's ordering it. He has got you set up for a blessing. He's got things cooking in heaven's oven that you don't know anything about. And it's a matter of giving your life to Him and walking with Him and keeping your heart right. And God orders the steps of a righteous person. Amen. 
And you know, you look back and you say, you know, now I'm looking back, I can see where God led me here and God led me there, but at the time, you didn't know it because it was providential guidance. It was sovereign guidance. He just put things together because He's God. And you've got to trust Him to do this. Another verse says, Proverbs, or Psalms 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I'm thinking about when, when um, the servant was sent to find a wife for Isaac. And Abraham sent his servant. And before his servant left to go find a wife for Isaac, he prayed. And he asked God to order his steps, to bless his endeavor, and to lead him to the woman that God wanted to be the wife of Isaac. And then he just took off and he began walking. Well, as you know, he ran into Rebekah, encountered Rebekah at the well, and as they were at the well, he encountered her, began to talk to her, realized that she was family. She took him into the house. He met all the relatives. And before he knew it, God had provided Isaac a wife. And then the servant made this statement. I, being in the way, the Lord led me. Now what he was saying is, I didn't hear a voice saying, go to the well. I didn't hear a voice saying, there she is. But I being in the way the Lord led me well what was the way his heart was right with God his life was was right with God he had given his journey to God he had acknowledged God in the way that he was going and when he did all these things that was the way he was in it was not just a geographical way but it was a heart way I having my heart right and preparing my life God led me sovereignly, exactly, and gave me a divine encounter with the very woman He had in mind for my master Isaac. So you know what you can say? When I give my life to Him, and I give Him everything that I have, and I'm seeking His will, you know what you'll be able to say? I being in the way, the Lord led me. Come on, everybody. Come on. I being in the way, the Lord led me. And He guides you with His eye. He orders your steps. You think you're turning this way because you thought of it. No, you're turning that way because God is leading you. He's guiding you. He's blessing you. And you being in the way, the Lord will lead you. So over and over again, God promises to guide His people, order their step, steps, and make their path straight. But now, how does God guide when it comes to direct guidance? Direct guidance where I've got a question, I've got an option, I've got a fork in the road, I've got a decision to make, and I need the guidance of God. I'm feeling that I need to this or that I ought to that. I know that I need direction because I don't know what to do. How does God guide us then? Now let me share you, with you three things, three things that God will guide you with. And let me just open it up with a little simple illustration that I've shared before, but it's worth sharing again. Is really true. In the 1800s, there was a shipping harbor. In this particular harbor, ships would come and go all the time. And it was a very precarious harbor because if you came in too far to the right or too far to the left, there were very perilous rocks that ships had run aground on and shipwrecked on over and over again. So what the mariners did, what they finally did, was they set up three lights, three harbor lights. And they set them up this way that when a ship was coming in at the angle it should come in to safely land in this harbor, those three lights would line up and merge and become one. And that captain of that ship would know when these lights line up 
and they merge and become one, it's safe for me to guide that ship in. But if I'm coming in and I see two lights or three lights, I'm coming in wrong and I'm going to crash on those rocks and I'm going to shipwreck. So they would wait out there in the ocean until those lights lined up and then they would guide the ship in safely. Listen, there are three harbor lights of guidance for every one of us. Now I want you to say with me, the first harbor light is His Word. Now if these three things line up and amen what you're doing, you can guide your ship safely in because God is saying amen to it. God is leading you. The first one is His Word. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Thy Word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. The picture is of a pathway being walked down at night. You're holding a lamp which helps you to see enough to take just the next step. God says, My Word is a lamp to your feet. It's a light to your path. The primary, most important, most crucial harbor light of guidance is the Word of God. You can't ever do anything contrary to the Word and expect God to be in it. He's not anywhere in it if it's contrary to the Word of God. I want you to say, the Bible in my hand is the top harbor light. It is the map that shows me God's will. God will never go against His Word. He will never transgress His Word. He will never lead you contrary to anything that is in His Word. The Bible says all Scripture, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the faith and correcting error, for resetting, this is the Living Bible, for resetting the direction, the direction of a man's life and training him in good living. So what does the Word of God do? It sets the direction of your life. Folks, let me tell you something. You can base your life on that Word. You can stand on that Word. You can walk on that Word. You can stake everything you've got on that Word. The Word of the Lord endures forever. It'll never fail you. It'll never misrepresent God. It will never do you wrong. You can base your life on that Word. You can stake everything you value on that Word because that Word will uphold you. It'll guide you. It's a lamp in your hand. It's a light to your path. It'll take you down the path of righteousness. It'll keep you from sin. It'll keep you from the snares of the devil. It'll guide you. It'll guard you. It'll protect you. It'll edify you. It'll strengthen you. It'll adorn you with wisdom. It'll give you knowledge and understanding. The Word of God is absolutely essential to the guidance of God. All Scripture is inspired by God and can profitably be used for teaching, for refuting error, for guiding people's lives. The number one source of guidance for a Christian is the Word. The Word of God. It should be consulted when? First. It should be consulted when? Last. It should be consulted when? In between. Every decision you've got to make. Consult the Word of God. Some people go to crystal balls. That will not work. Some people go to mediums. That will not work. Some people turn to their horoscopes. That will not work. Those stars are not guiding your life. There is one who sits in heaven. His name is Jesus. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the, the first and the foremost and the guide of your life. Don't consult anything else. Go to Him and then go to His Word. 
There is a topic. No topic in the world that the Word of God does not address. Not an issue. Not a dilemma. Not a problem you're facing. Not a perplexity. Not a question or a need. The Word of God does not address somewhere in those pages. Somewhere in those 66 books. When it comes to guidance, it gives the road signs, the green lights, the red lights, the speed limits, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the parameters you need to make a decision. Go to the Word of God. The minute you put this Word down and say, I'll figure it out on my own, that harbor light just went astray and you're going to crash on the rocks. Think of the times in your life where you put the Word of God down and made your own decisions. So, Pastor, I'm a big boy, I'm a big girl, I can make my own decisions. You know what? You can make your own decisions. And you are a big boy and a big girl, but you know what? If you go on your own mind, your own reasoning, the way things look to you, that reasoning will lead you astray. Because the Bible says there is a way that seems right, looks right, feels right, appears right to a person. But the end thereof are the ways of death. That's why we need the Word of God. The bottom line is this. The most reliable guidance in all issues of life will come from what is already written. Well, I want a special revelation from heaven. I'm talking to you in just a minute. Say with me, know His Word. Read His Word. Pour over His Word. I mean, do it eagerly, meticulously, all the time. Read His Word every day. This morning, I'm preaching today. I'm ministering to you. But this morning, I was up at the crack of dawn reading the Bible just for Jeff just for me because I need that lamp lighting my path I need the edification the exhortation the comfort that comes from it I need my faith increase I need to know more about God which leads me to the second harbor light the second harbor light is knowing the character of God once I know what the Word of God says and if it's against what I'm thinking I should do I don't need to pray anymore well pastor what if he gives you a special revelation he won't but I've had a dream and a vision. So what? You had too much pizza last night. Because it was not from God. God will not give you a dream or a vision or guidance or anything that goes contrary to His Word. It will not come. I don't care how real it seems. It's not from God. He is not schizophrenic. He doesn't say one thing and do another. He does not lead you one way and then tell you to do something else. He doesn't tell you to walk ac not to walk across the street and then lead you across the street. He does not do that. He's not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. He is a God of a sound mind. So once you know what the Word of God says about something, the second harbor light is knowing the character of God. This week, we've all had the painful experience of watching this news out of Aruba. This girl that has disappeared at 18 years old, 19 years old, and her mother, there looking everywhere for her. And I saw the mother interviewed, and I began to watch this from the very beginning. She's been gone now, almost, uh, I think two weeks or so, maybe a little bit longer. They can't find her anywhere. But the way that they narrowed it down very quickly to something happened that had to do with foul play was because they sat the mother down. And when they sat her down, they said, now you know her. You know what she would do. You know what she would not do. You know the way she thinks. You know where she would go and what she would not, where she would not go. And because you know her, Tell us, does this make sense? Does this look like something she would do? Does this ring true of the person you know? And the mother said, no. This is not my daughter. This is not the one I know. 
And they said, all right, based on that, then we conclude foul play has taken place. How did they do that? Because she was able to say, because I know her, I know she would not do this. Friends, listen to me. When it comes to knowing God, this is why we've got to know God. And how do we come to know God? By the Word of God. That's how we come to know God. When you know the character of God, then you know that some of the things you're feeling led to do cannot be Him because it is not the character that you know. Come on, everybody. It's not the character you know. God's not going to lead you to lie because God cannot lie. God's not going to lead you to walk in fear because God does not give a spirit of fear. God is not going to cause you to doubt Him because God is a God of faith. God is not... Listen, you, you begin to know God and know the character of God and because you know His character, you can say as you grow in Him, uh-uh, He's not leading me to do that because I know His character. I know what the Bible tells me about Him. I know what he would do. I know what he wouldn't do. I know what he would say. I know he, what he would not say. She was able to do that. She was able to lead them into a full police investigation because she knew her daughter's character. What was happening was out of character. Folks, listen. God will never lead you to do anything contrary to his character. And his character never changes. Say, well, maybe God's kind of changing with the times. Let me tell you something. God laughs at the times. God's character never changes with the times. God sees times come and times go. He sees fads come, fads go. He sees cultures come and cultures go. Societies come and societies go. And God never, ever changes His character to yield or submit to a person or a people. The Bible says everything that is perfect, all that is good, is from above it comes down from the father of all light with him there is no such thing as alteration no shadow of a change he does not change the same god that was there in the new testament is here now he's the same yesterday today and forever he does not lie he does not steal he does not make you sick he does not do these things that is not god can i have an amen here today we know the character of god so if I'm feeling led in a certain thing or wondering about a certain decision and I've got two options and one of those options that's facing me would lead me to go in a direction contrary to his character, then I don't need to pray about it anymore. Amen. He's a holy God, always has been a holy God, always will be a holy God. He's a pure God, always has been pure, always will be pure. He is a truthful God, always has been, always will be. He does not work us, manipulate us, lie to us, deceive us. He is a God of truth. And you can depend on that character. So when the devil tries to lie to you about the character of God, listen, if Adam and Eve had understood better the character of God, they'd have never believed the serpent in the garden who started telling them, God's stealing from you. Let me tell you something. God doesn't steal from you. God blesses you. If God removes something from your life, it's because it's better for you. Anything He takes away, He's going to give you something better. He is good, 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 all the time good. He's a good God, a holy God, and a truthful God. There is no price tag on having experience in walking with God if you're coming to know Him. 
solid food, it says in Hebrews, is only for the adult. That is, for the man who has developed by experience his power to discriminate between what is good and what is evil. How in the world do you learn to discriminate between what is good and what is evil? He says right there, by experience. By experience with God. Ah, I've been here before, devil. I know this lie because you tried to tell me that God was behind this in the past and you were a liar. God's not behind this. This is not his character. So you haven't got 30 seconds of my time. That is not God. Because I know his character. Mm, that is so important. That means God's not ever going to tempt you. That's his character. God doesn't tempt you. Let no one say. James saw that some of the people he was talking to were confused about the character of God. He said, let me tell you the truth. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. This is God tempting me to go do this. I feel an anointing to rob that bank. God knows I'm in hard financial times, so he fully understands if I do a little shoplifting here, they'll never miss it. They're wealthy there at Walmart. Go ahead, take it. Or somebody gives you way too much change, you give them a, you give them a five, they give you a 20 back because they saw wrong what you gave them, and you think, oh, the blessing of God. No, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what you do. You say, uh, you know, you gave me way too much because most people will be shocked you even did it because you could say, well, that's, that's their fault and God must have moved on them. No, God didn't do that because God doesn't steal. And he doesn't lead you to do it, ever. Well, God understands these taxes. The government's overtaxing me. He's overtaxing me. God understands if I just do a little... They'll never find out. But see, the minute you do it, the eye of God knows it. And you just compromise your character, sears your conscience a little bit, and if you'll take a dime, you'll take a dollar, and if you'll take a dollar, you'll take a hundred, and if you'll take a hundred, you'll take a thousand, and the day will come, they'll catch you, friend. That's why you've got to know, I can't do what the character of God would be against. Come on, everybody. Oh, it got real quiet there at tax time. I felt a real shh at tax time. Well, God understands. I mean, I just need the money. Let me tell you what God's thinking. God's thinking, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm your provider. You don't need to cut corners on taxes to get me to provide for you. If I say you see you take a step of faith and believe me and do the right and honest and noble and pure thing, I'll take care of your need because my character is holy. Well, I felt an anointing on the tax thing. I don't know about you. But you see what I'm saying? If I, that harbor light, if, if I'm making a decision and, and the word, I've read the word, but now I'm still praying and, and I see that I'm, one of my options is going to be against the character of God, the harbor light veers away. It will not line up. I cannot pull the ship in safely. Now the third harbor light is the inner witness. Let me talk to you about this inner witness for a minute. This is where you feel or sense an inward prompting. We charismatics, if you're charismatic, we're real good at this inner prompting stuff. I feel led this, feel led that, feel led here, there, everywhere. Sometimes so many directions it can't be God. But the inner witness is where you feel that inward prompting from God about something. 
I've had this happen to me so many times since I got filled with the Spirit of God way back in 1972. I fully believe that God guides within us. God guides us by His Spirit. That is part and parcel of the inheritance of the saints in Christ Jesus. I believe in that. But let me tell you, the inner witness is the most perilous and most dangerous and most careful. You've got to be careful with that inner witness thing. I believe in the inner, inner witness. You may feel inwardly burdened to pray for somebody. And I believe that oftentimes that is God. You may feel led to go to a particular church or led to get involved in a particular work. And, and God leads His people. But let me tell you something. The inner witness should always be run through the sifter of the Word of God and the character of God every single time, more than anything else. The inner witness is when God leads you by His peace. He leads you by His peace. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. You know it. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by... Uh, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and minds. The peace of God guards your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Now, we are people of peace. We are not to be people of fear. We're not to be people of doubt. We're not to be people of confusion. We're not to be people of depression. We are to be people led by, kept by, undergirded by, carried by, protected by the peace of God. We are to be people of peace. Now, that word, he says, will guard your heart and mind. That word guard in the Greek language is, is the idea of an umpire. It's the idea of an umpire. Now here's an umpire. He's behind home plate. The ball is thrown. The umpire either says, strike, it's good, or he says, ball, it's out. That's what the umpire does. Now here's what he's telling us in this verse. The peace of God is an umpire. If something that comes your way is not from God, he will say, ball, it's out, wrong. And he'll withdraw his peace. You'll feel tight in your stomach and not know why. You'll feel tight in your heart and not know why. You won't be able to sleep and not know why. There is a troubling going on inside your soul. Something is happening deep down inside of you. Did you know, has it ever occurred to you, that sometimes that could be the Holy Ghost working down inside of His people saying to you, ball, that's not good. Bad throw. Not from me. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't run with them. Get away. Walk with me. Plead the blood. That is not from me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're going into something and you can't get settled, you're trying to get settled about it. You're trying to convince yourself. You feel peaceful. I feel peaceful. I feel peaceful. This is just an attack of the devil. Listen, if it's not from God, you can bind it. You can loose it. You can fast. You can pray. You can confess. You can, you can do all that you want to do. But the peace of God still will not come to you if what you're dealing with is not from God. He'll withdraw His peace. But when something is of Him, He'll give you peace in the middle of a storm. He'll give you peace when it doesn't make any sense. He'll give you peace when you couldn't think it up, work it up, couldn't, couldn't in any way come up with it on your own. He'll give you peace that passes all understanding. When it's from God, He'll say, peace. I've been praying about something lately. I've been in a great turmoil about it. I've wondered what to do. I've needed the guidance of God. And you know what pray through is? You know what pray through is? Pray through means you pray till you're through. And when are you through? You're through when you've got a peace 
on a course of action you're to take. And when you run it through the sifter of the Word of God and the character of God, they line up. And God says, now you can carry the ship into that harbor because it's lining up because my peace is with you. Now that's the way God works, everybody. That's the way God works. He leads and guides by His peace. Now how many of you are praying about something and you need peace from God? Amen? Now have you noticed that He'll give peace and the peace will stay? You'll say, this can't be God, the peace will stay. You'll say, is this really you, God? The peace will stay. And with me, I've just prayed and prayed until one particular decision, He leaves me with His peace. And then I know if I can line it up with the Word and I can line it up with His character and they all agree, then God is lining up those harbor lights and he, I, can, I can carry my life into that decision and rest on it because the peace of God, the Word of God, and the character of God all agree. Our God is a God of guidance. He is a God who leads. Can we stand together today? How many of you today need God's guidance in a particular area of your life? You need God's guidance. Well, I want to pray for you right now because, listen, here's what I believe. I believe much of the warfare that comes from the enemy comes to get us to make a decision apart from the guidance of God. He'll tell you to do something quickly. If there's a voice telling you to make a decision quickly, you can look up and highly question that voice. Because God's Word says that the wisdom of God does not mind scrutiny. It doesn't mind scrutiny. If you're wondering if something is God, He doesn't care, He's not offended, if you ask Him to confirm it. He'll always say, wait until you're sure, and He'll make you sure. But much of the warfare we experience is, do something now, do something quickly, take care of it. Don't worry about all these harbor lights stuff lining up. He's just a preacher. He's got to give a message. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. Let me tell you something. I preach to you today the Word of God. And if you want a life that does not experience catastrophe, listen to this message today. Because if you get out of the guidance of God, you're going to shipwreck. It may be minor, it may be major. I guarantee you it's not going to be good. Anytime God guides, it ends up with great fruitfulness and great peace and brings glory to God. And that's what we're to walk in. And I think that American Christians, listen, well, here's what we've done. I'm going to close with this. We have put a huge premium on feeling and a low premium on wisdom. If I feel it, it's got to be right. Let me tell you something. Like the song said, how can it be right if it... How can it be wrong if it feels so right? I promise you, it can be real wrong. It can be, you can miss God by a country mile if you get ahead of Him and don't follow His guidance. So, if I was going to add a fourth harbor light and step out of the metaphor for a minute, I'd add patience. Wait on God. Wait for Him either to line those things up where you can say, Amen, I have peace, here we go. Or, he shows you beyond all shadow of all doubt. That's not me. You're being deceived. You're being deceived.